I'm Tom Saunders, getting through this in the Pacific Palisades. And I'm Scott Blakeman in Manhattan, where today is a windy day in New York. Wind messes up my hair, it makes my eyes tear, and makes my nose run. It just makes it feel colder in general. Breezy, on the other hand, is a totally different phenomenon. Windy is, well, kind of negative and annoying, but breezy is positive and delightful. A breeze seems to always be warm, and, and the extent of its power is to make flowers gently sway. Breezy is better. When things go well, it's a breeze. A good conversation is breezy, while a bad one is long-winded. Woody Allen's A Rainy Day in New York is breezy. It's not great, but the 93 minutes fly by, well, breezily. I could go on comparing breezy and windy, but I don't want to be accused of piling on. Besides, there is at least one great thing about wind, wind power generated by windmills. And that makes me feel light and breezy. Summer breeze makes me feel fine, blowing through the jasmine in my mind. It was my favorite song one summer in 1972 when it made it to number six on Billboard's Hot 100 chart. Yeah, Seals and Cross. I remember hanging out and getting high with local Libertyville lads, thinking, oh, this is the life. I didn't know then that I was Wooderson, the character Matthew McConaughey, would one day play in the 1993 movie Dazed and Confused, and I didn't care. Especially when Seals and Croft's folk pop hit Summer Breeze came on the radio. How I loved the song and the actual breeze its lyrics celebrate. In a hot, humid summer of Chicagoland, a summer breeze is a treasured respite. The wind on hot, moist skin can make one, well, giddy and, and well, feel well fine. Yes, there are a few songs about weather phenomena, especially mild, localized, and commonplace events like a breeze during the summer months. But there is one masterpiece. Well, yes, that memorable Seals and Cross hit was a big part of the soundtrack of my freshman year at Northwestern. Just a short drive away in Wilmette is the majestic and awe-inspiring Baha'i Temple. Seals and Cross were the only members of that faith to have a number one hit record, although that claim is purely speculative. My visit to that very Baha'i Temple taught me that one of its central figures is the Bob. And since it's pronounced Bob, this led to some, well, unavoidable chuckling on my part. But... The Baha'i faith is actually pretty cool, man, as Seals and Cross might have said in 1972. It embraces all religions, stands for equality between men and women and other progressive values. And they, they actually have no clergy, meaning any member can lead a service. You know, if they had ranked choice voting for religions, Baha'i would be my second choice. <laughs> I'm not going to ask you what your first choice is, Scotty. And <laughs> In nearby Libertyville, though, I'm never sure if I would ever come of age. I, too, marveled at the Baha'i Temple. We would glide past it while driving on the winding, leafy Sheridan Road, my friends or my brother and I, and someone's parents' huge Chrysler Town and Country station wagon. And I could only dream of living in the grand houses that we passed along the way. I knew nothing of the Baha'i faith other than the fact that the singers of my favorite song believed in it, Scotty. Yes, well, uh, it is quite a, just an incredibly awe-inspiring place. And, and, you know, Summer Breeze, such an important song, and Summer Wind, 
also by Frank Sinatra. Uh, that was uh, they were both hits, which is, is an interesting point, Tommy. Uh, that was a happy thing. Summer Wind. It's a hit. It shows that music is the only area where wind is as revered as the breeze. Everywhere else, apparently, wind is feared, but the breeze is desired. I mean, no one ever exclaims, this is my favorite kind of day, windy. But how often do we hear, ah, I so love the breeze. People love to shoot the breeze. But as I said earlier, I didn't come here to bury the wind. I, I, I wish to praise it because, frankly, well, after talking about it, a little bad for the reception that wind generally receives. Then again, I've never had to experience those fierce Santa Ana winds that you have brilliantly impersonated on previous podcasts. Oh, thank you, Scotty. Thank you for that kind remark. You know, the term breezy does describe calm, good winds, but you know, the Santa Anas are angry, bad winds, for they are said to affect some people's brains in a bad way. Raymond Chandler wrote, it was one of those hot, dry Santa Anas that come down to the mountain passes and curl your hair and make your nerves jump and your skin itch. On nights like that, every booze party ends in a fight. Meek little wives feel the edge of the carving knife and study their husbands' necks. And don't forget how they turn trees, the winds that are next to houses, into terrifying monsters. This is not uh, Raymond Chandler speaking. This is me personally, Scotty. <laughs> Uh, uh, the terrifying the tree monsters that make the sound as they scrape their branches against the side of the house. Uh, but, but the only sound a summer breeze makes, Scotty, is the gentle rustling of flower petals. A sound so faint that only five or six people in human history have ever even claimed they ever heard it. And even one of the, or two of them may have been lying, quite frankly. The good news is anyone within earshot of tulips or roses can wait for a summer breeze and test their hearing without fear of straining your ears. <laughs> Buddy, if you look at things that are too close or print that's too small, you can strain your eyes. But when it comes to barely audible sounds, ears are more forgiving. So let's hear it for ears. Well, Tommy, once again, you've composed a... Uh... A WPA poster, I just could see it with a huge out of proportion ear. Uh, and let's hear it for ears. And just, uh, you know, uh, children should be seen and not heard, or, you know, however they want to, with a, a variation. But you know, we don't talk about in this show, we're famed for many things, but we yeah. talk about things that people do not talk about endlessly every day. And ears, yeah. I don't yeah. think it gets the play it deserves. It doesn't. People talk about this beautiful eyes. Well, you know, the eyes. Oh, always, yeah. So, oh, you know, what do you look at? I remember Johnny Carson saying, you know, uh, uh, what, 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 do you, what part of the face do you notice first? I, I, would, I would go with the eyes. I don't. I disagree with Johnny Carson. I go with the mouth. But, but the ears, nobody says the ears. Nobody says, oh, oh. A lovely ear. You know, that's, you, you always tell somebody if they really are telling the truth by looking at their ears. And, and actually, honestly, we can, noses we focus in on, eyes, certainly, mouth. But an ear, not only don't we focus in on, but we could barely describe it unless somebody is known for their funny ears and then they, you know, call attention to it. But all ears are frankly funny. I mean, there's, uh, you know, it's an odd shaped thing, which is I great. I support them totally. They're speakers, really, uh, for life. Uh, but they don't, I don't remember, I can't say what, you know, 
oh yeah, those, oh, there's the ears with this or her ears. Uh, it's we don't. Yeah, yeah, like, like oh, she had ears of uh, ears like 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 yeah, right. You can you can uh, uh, eyes of limpid pools and and the yeah. mouth blazed with glory of her red lips. But you, yeah, how would you even describe the ears? Were quite nice and ear-like, and, and you know that that's where the poetry kind of grinds to a halt when you get to the yeah. End. Oh, they tried certainly, but it didn't go anywhere. Because even you think about the great supermodels of all time, I, I never would say that you know, uh, oh Cheryl Teagues or Christy Brinkley, oh they were so hot, and and their ears really yeah. added to the whole thing. <laughs> no. uh, I don't, I don't know. I had they have ears, I'm sure of that, but we literally don't notice them i mean it's it's an incredible thing so what we're saying is as we've done for so many great causes let's hear it for the ears you so pointedly and brilliantly said and let's make it a poster and let's make it a, a public service uh, campaign right you know i mean it is true that that ears you know if if things are too loud that can actually obviously affect your hearing just like if thing if, if you look at something too bright it affects your sight but the other part of it isn't true. Like if you listen to very slight sounds, like the, the sound of two tulip petals patting each other gently, <laughs> it doesn't uh, strain the ears. So, I mean, that's kind of a, you know, it, it, that's another thing that nobody ever says, hey, you know, that's the great thing about the ear. You know, it's good going. It doesn't, you can't strain it by listening to very soft sounds. Whereas with eyes, supposedly, we're always told, don't read such small, you know, don't pull your, hold that up to your eye you know the small print up to your eyes you'll strain your eyes or, or in the old days don't get too close to the television yeah that was, that was always that. oh forget it because the radiation would kill you on the spot but also your eyes now you could literally climb on the television stick your face into the screen and perfectly fine and rub it against your eyeball just to, you <laughs> rub the screen yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, hopefully you clean the screen, but yeah, uh, and we don't recommend that unless you have very clean the clean the screen, you know, very thoroughly cleaned the, the screen or whatever, whatever you're rubbing against your eyeball. But you're right, Scotty. I mean, in the old days, we feared the cathode ray tube television. And I love that we now have to call, just like uh, TVs used to be TVs until color came along and then there was black and white TV. Oh, you have an old black and white TV, right? Well, now yeah. we have old cathode ray television sets the big fat sets that were incredibly heavy yeah of of of, of your and don't get your eyeball too close to, to that screen because yeah massive amounts we always assume huge amounts of radiation scotty something else uh, we're talking about admiring uh physical features and not a, and, and ignoring them seals and cross who sang the song summer breeze about which we are soliloquizing they were not glamour pusses. They were not, you know, uh, they were not handsome. Singers. No, they weren't a, a, Todd, a Jackson Brown or a Todd Runger and that, that type. Yeah, they were, they were, yeah, one even had an overbite. And um, uh, honestly, the, it, it's said like uh, uh, that people, uh, a lot of these great singers of the, of the 1970s, Christopher Cross in the early 80s, could not have gone on to successful careers if, video had been a big thing but it wasn't it was there was no video there weren't music videos in the days of seals and cross and so and, yeah. I, and I was really rooting for them because of that overbite because i i have an overbite so i know all the famous people who have overbites another <laughs> is there a club and a newsletter i would hope i sadly no, scotty mm. uh, uh and, and i just think the name simply the overbite the it overbite. sounded like a yeah i worked on the old that was my college uh, newspaper the overbite <laughs> Back my freshman year. Oh, yeah, that was 
Well, actually, you know, the editor, he went on to the Washington Post. <laughs> the overbite. It would be probably B-Y-T-E. It's the name of a college newspaper. Yeah, the overbite. And, the and, or <laughs> he would sing a song. Oh, ye overbite. Ye. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, so, uh, uh, and also uh, uh, another person with an overbite, Freddie Mercury, and yes. also Gwen Virgin. So it's almost oh. like people t- say, you know, Canadians, you know, are always walking around the United States with us, knowing every single famous Canadian in their in their heads. They, they yeah. all, you know, uh, that's how I am about people with overbites. The first time I've ever I've ever uh, mentioned that, actually, Scotty, I've never even. No, uh, no, I did not know it. And uh, uh, I have not not noticed it. Uh, uh, you know, I mean, um, well, it's not maybe- a. Freddie Mercury overbite. No, no. Uh, or a Fields and Cross overbite. But it's an overbite, you know. It's not yeah, yeah. I guess we all have, you know, some orthodontry. Where, you know, I did have a bite plate and a retainer, you know, uh, all those things. Not Never braces. But because, uh, you know, I don't, most people's teeth don't align perfectly, I guess. But, um, but no, I did not know about the overbite. But it does have a great, it, it's almost like a badge of honor to have it. As I say, it sounds like an old college newspaper name, but it could be. You know, the overbite, or could even be a, a fine residential building. The overbite. The overbite in, Tim overbite. in Sheridan, yeah, Sheridan Road in Evanston. Well, those are the overbites. You know, don't even mess with that family. They're very hoity-toity. You know. <laughs> As a Clarence overbite. Clarence overbite. Yeah. Uh, so, so um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I, um, I have, a, and then when I, ta- I, 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 again, this is when I first discovered that I could um, uh, create my own plastic surgery. I can have my own cosmetic surgery on myself without using implements or, or uh, you know, I mean, I couldn't uh, use any anesthetic because I was the one who was, you know, doing it. So yes. what am I going to do? Well, I just stuck my chin out like this, Scotty. Yeah. And that way I corrected my overbite. But now I have this big, I, I, I now, can you hear my voice, how it changes? Yeah, yeah, it's. Yeah, it's so like uh, back to normal talking. You sound like Edgar Bergen, <laughs> <laughs> who is again the famous ventriloquist on the radio. Which, on the radio, uh, which uh, no one seemed to really pick up on in the beginning. No. huge careers, like yeah, huge. He was on the radio. I mean, it's uh, entirely on the radio. A, a, a ventriloquist on the radio, and it was a huge success. Of Charlie McCarthy, and as of course his famed daughter, uh, Candace Bergen. Yes, who, who went on to be uh, a, a great uh, a actress and was embarrassed, she said, when she was at va- wherever she went to school, you know, one of those fancy schools. Oh. And, and she was embarrassed to say, because people didn't, the kids her age didn't know from Charlie McCarthy. They were the television generation. Mm. They didn't know about Edgar Bergen. And she was embarrassed to say that her family, because everybody had money. And where did your family's money come from? Uh, er, uh, a puppet. What? Uh, <clears throat> uh, <laughs> a puppet that was held in my dad's lap and he was on the radio and nobody ever saw it. What? Howls <laughs> of laughter, Scotty. Wow. But, but today, though, I think it would be quite a uh, almost a hipster thing to be uh, known as yeah, that. They, they, got, she got past that. And uh, Actually, the funny thing is, I think you're right. I mean, this is for the geniuses in our audience, which is most most of our audience. Uh, uh, suddenly we swing into absolute rightness land. This is not speculation, Scotty. I think you're absolutely, that is, that is actually uh, no joke true. Yeah, well, it's amazing. And look, everybody goes through periods where they're not appreciated the way they should be and, and their, their time comes and it, it right. and Bergen. I, 
general, in general now, we are more capable of, of, of seeing things from the past. At that time, people didn't you know, have YouTube. They couldn't just look at old things uh, you know, on Google and instantly have access to old stuff. Radio was gone. People didn't have old radio channel. Uh, 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 there wasn't Sirius XM that had played old radio shows. Uh, no archives. And yeah, no, it, it, unless you lived through it, you unless knew nothing about it. it and, the past was completely yeah. obliterated by television and modern stuff and howdy doody, you know, and, yeah. and new, new, the new, the modern, forget about old radio and horse and buggies. Right. But yeah, now, now, as you say, are more we have a more sort of the whole idea of the, the hipster is somebody who has a, not only a sense of history, but a desire to live in history. It's a totally different world. We yeah, and, and history is at our fingertips every day. Yeah, for anything uh, going back, you know, almost everything, radio, television, any time watching as we've done on this broadcast, watching, you know, analyzing old sitcoms from 1954, documentaries, everything. So it really is. Uh, the best time to be living in because we're actually living in all the times. Yes, we are. At, we have access to old times, and that's why. Uh, and that's another fascinating thing. When you look at old movies about the Civil War, they're not as accurate as old movies are about the Civil War, as, as modern movies about the Civil War. Yeah, really, they are not as accurate. They're not. A, they didn't get things right exactly. We're much more historically accurate now, even though we're many, many, many years. Uh, uh, it's it's a paradox, Scotty. And well, we, and, and even uh, uh, the, we're not afraid of paradoxes. Well, even ripped from the headlines, just the whole idea of reexamining our history and I, and, and just uh, you know we know more I and mean, there's more desire to know more. Just like uh, I feel like there's so many gaps in my knowledge of American history. There's more gaps than there's knowledge. Way more. And just to me, it was always slavery abolished in 1865. Then in 1965, the Civil Rights Act. It's skipped over a hundred years of some of the right. most humiliating, horrible Reconstruction, Jim Crow, and it wasn't talked about. So it's, no. I think, now more than ever, and, and people writing, as you say, the history books of today are more knowledgeable than are they better. were back then. Yeah, that, that is a paradox. We're we're actually further along than, and yet our history gets is it gets better, more precise, more. Uh, it's just in, in, we have a bit more objective sense of what's going on. Uh, in the past, so a lot of the best movies are really about things that happened many years before. Goodfellas uh, was 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 made, you know one of the best movies, but that was made about a time that was twenty years prior. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and the documentaries are bigger than ever and easier to make. But well, and just in terms of, I mean, the skill is always as difficult. But just to and there's so many great documentaries, and and I saw an incredible one that we could talk more at length on other podcasts about the great Doc Severinsen last night, Never Too Late. And as a kid watching Johnny Carson, I appreciate Doc. And as I got older, I realized that uh, he literally may have been maybe the premier trumpet player ever. And he had the greatest band and incredible and funny outfits. But uh, and then just to go back and learn more about somebody who was in your, you know, on television every night. So it's yeah. endless learning. It's really, Tommy, and as you said in an early, early podcast, we basically get to go to the finest universities for free. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and the truth is we are, in essence, uh, and this is, this is kind of hard. Uh, the people who are listening to this a thousand years from now will know what I'm talking about. Uh, they will get this. But we, in essence, are a university. Yeah. Uh, 
of course, this will be known many, many years from now, but what we're talking about is really what people should be teaching and learning in the most advanced schools all over the world. And, uh, but this, uh, so, yeah, I mean, uh, we, uh, we don't, you know, we don't wear a mortar board. We don't have a robe. We don't call ourselves professor, but I mean, come on. Yeah. We are. Now, Tommy, that's a great point. We really are. And we don't, again, we don't go around. Like, when I talk about the podcast, to people, what, what's the podcast? I don't say, well, it really should be standard curriculum for every uh, elite university around the world. I don't say that. No. But truly, Tommy, if, if, if for the parents listening, if you would have your child, not, not to take him away from her, from other schooling, but to listen to all these podcasts, one would get a, a breath of, of learning and knowledge that you can't find in any textbook. And well, that's the, 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 uh, um, the I'm not going to say that it's a um, tragedy or it's an outrage. I don't like to use those big, strong words, uh, <laughs> but it really is both of those things that um, in, I would, I would say that high schools should also uh, have uh, at least make our podcast available if not making it, um, you know, required reading in high schools. And why do I say high school? Uh, there, we have to, to reach the young geniuses while they are still in their formative years. And um, I think a lot of, uh, I think uh, this is a podcast that for, for the advanced high school kid, uh, youth, um, really, um, I'm not saying it should be mandatory to re to listen to this podcast. Although for some, I think in in, in colleges, yes, in colleges, obviously, the, uh, it, there will come a time when you cannot go from from being a freshman to a sophomore without having mastered a basic uh, knowledge of getting through this. Well, it'll be, yeah, it'll be a requirement. A so basic it, knowledge. Not yeah, it'll say that in the thing, you know, in order to take this course, you need a, a basic knowledge. I think instead of, yes, we don't say required, but highly recommended yeah. for all high schoolers and yeah. parents should know that. Because what we do is, Tommy, this is not only, well, it's, I'm not going to say all the things we are, but we're a chronicle of our times. We're a uh, appreciation society of the future, of the past. Uh, and we and every everything in between and what that you can't even give it a topic can't even give it a subject because it's everything as we say we talk about everything anything everywhere at any time everywhere at any time yeah um, yeah everything everywhere always um, yeah so, so I don't know if you can last... major in that because that's a lot but uh, that's yeah. what we do it's it it, it, it it really is and uh uh, that's why, uh, again, I think uh, for those of you who are listening, uh, who've listened to all the podcast, all these podcasts, congratulations. You really essentially have a Ph.D. Congratulations. I mean, oh, yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, uh, we've done, I believe this is a 366, somewhere along that uh, episode, basically a year of every day. And so you could have taken a year to go to school somewhere. But this is your education. And I think what we will do, Tommy, and this will be asked for we will provide degrees, uh, depending if, if the listeners gives proof of how many episodes they listen to, we will provide degrees. Now, there'll be the question, are they legitimate? Are they bona fide well, degrees? I mean, that's such a ridiculous term. I know, it's totally ridiculous. But, but Scotty, um, the other part of this, too, the other uh, you know, uh, piece of this picnic table, I don't know, is that a term? You know, the other leg of this picnic table, Scotty, uh -huh. is... Uh, is testing 
nobody likes exams. Nobody, I don't, likes the pressure of exams. But there are people and there are, who say, you know, smart people who are uh, uh, very dedicated to education and so on, who might say, and again, I'm being speculative here, but I can imagine that some very smart people who are, would say, no, uh, Tom and Scott, you need more than just someone saying, hey, I listen to every single episode. You need to give them an exam. You simply need to sit people down, you know, number two pencils, the whole bit. Yeah. Make sure that they know specifics because there's so many specifics of this podcast that need to be, and I hate to say it, memorized, I guess. Well, yeah, and, and, and at least the major things, the themes that we return to, Time and again, you need to know these things. And again, there will be Stanley H. Kaplan type classes. You know, you could take courses. Yeah, uh, yeah, and you know, so you can bone up yeah. on things. Uh, uh, we that's fine. We don't poo-poo that. You could yeah. have a tutor. But the bottom line is, as you know, Tom, there's no substitute for listening. No. Got to listen to all of them. All of them. Really yeah, do. and that's uh, uh, and yeah. then first of all, boy, <laughs> I wish when I was in school it was that much fun. Yeah, you know, just sit to... back, relax on your lazy boy recliner, and enjoy the show. <laughs> and you're and you're and you're becoming a, you're getting a PhD. And, yeah. And and the other thing about and the Stanley Kaplan thing that does open up, you know, because and then you get you, I, I can see it now, you know, wow, people who grew up, you know, uh, privileged, they had money, they get to send their kids to Stanley Kaplan courses so that they, 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 then those, those kids get a leg up because they know they not only listen to, I, I assume they listen to the podcast. I don't know. Maybe they do, maybe they don't, but they get a leg up. What about that? I mean, how do, how do we make it, make sure that everybody has uh, access uh, 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 you know, it's that. No, you're right. No, no, no special. Pre- I, I think is what I said. I think we need to. Uh, it will, the questions will be structured so that if you don't listen, no matter what these courses tell you, you need to listen and know it. So you will will have to listen. That's you know, maybe you could take these courses to kind of help you put it all together. But there's yeah. no substitute. And if you don't listen, you won't be able to answer those questions. Yeah. Regardless of the Stanley H. Kaplan uh, help you get. By the way, I think I've mentioned this on a previous podcast. Stanley Kaplan's a famous testing uh, uh, counselor or what, whatever the word would be, uh, worldwide, I guess. I actually had Stanley H. Kaplan himself was, when I took it back in, in, in the day in Kings Highway in Brooklyn, he himself, it was just starting out. It was like on the second floor of a building in Kings Highway, Brooklyn. <laughs> and Stanley H. Kaplan, he was a, an incredible guy. He was this Are real wow. jokester. Uh, Burying the lead, Scotty, at 27 minutes into the Well, we certainly, as our listeners beg for more, will be revisiting this as we do with uh, uh, everything. But he was a character. He would always rapid fire. We say things like, uh, love is the only sport. Uh, uh, love is uh, Tennis is the only sport where love means nothing. I'm not talking fast. You're just listening slow. And he would just, and he, that's how he was. And, and we just know him as the name of this testing uh, counselors, but he was a real person. Scotty, that is hilarious and great. Okay, so people listening a thousand years from now, Stanley H. Kaplan, it, 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 this is everybody who ever wants to go become a lawyer or I guess a doctor or whatever, you know, yeah. what, what doesn't, what don't they, so what they do is for, it's a private company, for-profit company that, that 
helps you bone up on these uh, so that you're ready for to take these enormous stand these incredibly difficult standardized tests like the bar exam yeah the LSATs and the, the M- and then the you know SATs also uh, that was of course his main business in the beginning at least oh I, really it was okay oh yeah no that's why I took it it certainly wasn't for any professional schools no the SATs that was the well, I wish I had SAT prep is how they called it I, I don't think they I was just a couple years er- too early, but I know my parents wouldn't send me to, to Stanley Kaplan in New York. But that's amazing that you are uh, that that you you're you were the first. And by the way, I love this quote. That, yeah, you've got a book right there, Scott. Well, I've always it's funny. I don't usually remember quotes or stories or things, but I always remembered those. And he was a real character. So and and it wasn't expensive. I mean, it was like I said, he had to climb up these flight of stairs. And just the fact that he became this worldwide it is huge there's no there's no substitute for stanley kaplan there's no rival for stanley kaplan no there is he's more important than harvard and yale and and princeton put together as far as getting to your goal yeah Uh, that's absolutely astonishing that in in our lifetime it's possible to have met stanley kaplan and you and and he, he actually administered his course for you yeah, yeah, and before he became big, as they say, and it was just a guy. That was the guy. There wasn't. It was just him, Stanley H. Kaplan, and and uh, and I don't remember when it exploded into something very good. But how many how many things can I say? That's the only thing I could say. Where oh yeah, I got in. Uh, yeah, Steve Jobs and I were in the garage once. Yeah. And said, what do you think of this thing? And I says to him, Steve, you know, no, I have no stories like that. But Stanley H. Kaplan in on the ground floor, so to speak even though this class was on the second floor. Oh, that's, that's an interesting irony, Scotty, that it was that right there. I mean, uh, I, I feel like we're writing the Stanley H. Kaplan story, you know, the biography right now as we speak. Well, um, you know, no one is, again, Tommy, no one else is speaking. I hope his family uh, is bringing his name up today. But in general, and I haven't yeah, even followed, uh, yeah. uh, is he still with us? I don't know. Um, Who ever thought of it? And I love this guy. I mean, I, I, I'm not talking fast. You're listening slow. What, what else did he say? He's oh, yeah. Well, then the tennis is the only sport where love means nothing. And he had hundreds of them. And in <laughs> what context did he say them? But he just stood there and said it. And he was entertaining. And, and um, you know. He figured it out. He figured out, you know what? You could actually coach people on how to do this. Like, nobody even thought you could coach. In fact, that was the idea of the ACTs and the SATs, is that you couldn't coach them. Yeah. Like IQ tests, they told you how smart you were and period. And that's that was the end of the story. And he outsmarted them, literally. He outsmarted the, the, the IQ, the, the, the SATs. What an amazing story. And I really like the guy and he deserves oh, yeah. wealth that he, that he achieved. And, and, I, and I really envy you, you know, and, 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 that, and then you got into Northwestern with your superior SAT skills. And as a result, well, I definitely needed his help because they weren't amazing even with his help. So I can imagine what they would have been without him. But but I do I do remember going there and taking the D train at the time uh, to King's Highway. And, and it was literally on the second floor. A lot of these places in Brooklyn have these signage. So second floor, you know, nothing was on them. Uh, and that's what it was. It yeah, couldn't I mean, be more modest. Like, that's where the, the music lessons would be, you know, yeah, yeah. Days or, the, or, or, or Madam. Rami, <laughs> the lumps on your scalp, you know, the very the oddball things were on the second floor. Yeah, it was cheaper to rent up there. And so, yeah, but, uh, but this is this is absolutely, uh, you know, I mean, 
think of Scotty. I mean, if that had happened, you know, it just makes you realize just a couple, you know, if, if I had been born just a couple years later and in a completely different part of the United States, I might have taken that. Who knows what that what would have happened? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I and just talking about it with you now makes me appreciate even more that I was one of the lucky ones. It was a small class and, you know, he'd, I don't know how long he'd been doing it, but. Great, I was in there, and uh, the great man himself. Is there anyone who who's better at training? At, you know, at, at, at what what do they call it? Like, uh, cons- um, what what is what is what they're doing? I well, mean, I guess I keep saying counselor, but the, the sort of SAT prep and yeah, prep is the word they use. You could prep uh, you for for one of the great standardized tests. It would be the maestro himself. Yeah, the great chaplain. Yeah. We should really do, again, within this last 32 minutes, we've gone from seals and crofts, the Baha'i faith, <laughs> comparing wind and breeze, uh, uh, focusing on the ear at length, which no one does. And there's several minutes about Stanley H. Kaplan. Now, this is really a math problem. So I mean, how could this possibly fit in the last 33 minutes when clearly it could have been a year's worth of conversations. Uh, Scotty, it, it, it's the clown car phenomenon. Yeah. Uh, uh, it, 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 it's, it's the, um, uh, the uh, uh, hotel room um, where in the Groucho Marx movie phenomenon. How are yeah. we able to get so many things in one 33-minute podcast? Uh, that, is, that, uh, that alone is worth a podcast. Well, that's an Einstein-like problem to have to tackle with, on the blackboard with filling the whole blackboard with equations. And, uh, well, one answer could be no lulls. And that's certainly true. Uh, the mathematician scientists may want to go further with that. But, uh, well, Tommy, I just uh, I, I want to know more about Stanley H. Kaplan. I mean, yeah, go, maybe there is a, a YouTube <laughs> video, so as they say. You're, you're the source of, of information about Stanley Kaplan. Now, I've never met anyone who's a, as an anecdote about his, his jokes. And I, I really like this guy. Boy, do I wish I had taken that course. It would have changed my life, Scotty. I, yeah, yeah. Well, but, absolutely. And, still be a regular guy talking on it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, many of the things would be the same, but you'd be, a, a, yeah, it would have affected in some way. And, and uh, but Tommy, I'm going to look, I mean, I, I put it in storage, but I'm hoping to find maybe some remnants of that SAT class of Stanley H. Kaplan. I'm Because it was a whole workbook. It was a whole involved thing. So I'm going to look for that. It's beyond amazing, Scotty. What what a way to end this podcast. I well, it's uh, again a... So Staggered by that fact. Well, and we're going to talk about it more. And I wanted to discover more and and uh, think back to more memories of it. But I was very grateful to be a part of it. And uh, well, Tommy, uh, uh, for our geniuses listening and and everyone, uh, uh, I remain sincerely yours, Scott Blakeman. And I will always be Tom Saunders, and we'll get through this.